Hey friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be with y'all today. I hope you're having a great week. Hey, thanks for all your kind words about Jeremy's episode on Monday. I loved it too. I'm so glad that y'all enjoyed it. I hope you've grabbed his book this week. Hey, the music in the background is from our good friend, Mr. John McLaughlin. Make sure you grab a copy of his newest album, Angst and Grace. It's amazing. A couple of years ago, I had a pretty bucket list moment happen here on the podcast when we got to have Stephen Curtis Chapman on. You know, like many of you who grew up in the Christian faith, I grew up with his music uh, my whole life and just loved it and it impacted me greatly. So having him on the show was amazing. And today is just as fun. His daughter, Emily Chapman Richards, is here today. And I think y'all are going to love this conversation. She is the new executive director of Show Hope, which is a nonprofit that the Chapman family started to care for orphans by engaging the church and reducing barriers to adoption. She is just the coolest. I think you guys are going to love this conversation. So here is our friend, Emily Chapman Richards. How did you and Tanner meet? On a blind date. No way. At Starbucks. Wish it was a cooler coffee shop, but Starbucks. Was it the Starbucks in Cool Springs? Was it the Christian totally. one? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Who set y'all up? Mutual friends. Yeah. That we, I was home from college on the, my summer break, and I had always heard about the Richards uh-huh. because my friends, our mutual friends, would go and help out on their farm. And I had painted this picture in my mind that the Richards were was you know, like this elderly couple. And yeah, they were sure. so like sweet to go help them with their horses and whatnot. <laughs> And so I was like, who are the Richards? They were all talking about him one night and my our friend's eyes got about, you know, yeah. huge and round. And we're like, you have never met Tanner Richard. You have to meet Tanner Richards. You guys would hit it off so well. So the next night, we all... We literally all, the next night. Literally. We made our oh friends come gosh. with us because yeah. like, I'm not a blind date person and Tanner's not a blind date person. We went to the wrong Starbucks. He was an hour and a half late. He shared a cell phone. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He was an hour and a half late. Uh Why did you stay that long? Well, they were there. So at least. Okay, so at least we were sitting there. You were kind of like, what's happening? Right. He shared a cell phone with his mom at the time. (laughs) So it was like, you couldn't really call him. Yeah. No, if you called his cell phone, we got his mom. Yeah. I don't know where Tanner is. Where was he? I don't know. He was just late. Hanging. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he drove this old Ford Bronco and he pulled up in this old Ford Bronco and. And were you like, I like this guy? Were you like, uh, this Yahoo is 90 minutes late? <laughs> no, I, I was like, I already was nervous as like, yeah. you know, that's kind of crazy, a blind date. But no, we hit it off. It was great. And then we spent the next couple of days hanging out. And then I I left to work in, in Colorado for the mm-hmm. whole summer. So we just like literally wrote letters and talked on my days off from summer camp. Yeah. Um, so that was a nice God's grace in yeah. allowing us to just kind of build a friendship and get to know each other that way before there was we came back and then it's like oh yeah there's still sparks this is awesome yeah started dating <laughs> yeah that was a little nerve-wracking coming back like i hope he's as cute as i remember him being but right no. right i've enjoyed the letters yeah but his yeah face. but his face what in the <laughs> hmm. yeah actually i remember stopping in the in the bna in the national airport right around the corner from like because he came to the yeah. airport like with my family because i've been gone for a couple months and I called a friend from camp, and I was like, oh my what gosh. happens in, if around the corner it's like, no, run away? And she's like, it's not going to be that way. Don't worry. And the rest is history. We've been married 10 and a half years now. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did you have any yeah. worry? I mean, when you were growing up, you're the daughter of a celebrity. Did you have any, like, experiences or worries that would tell you that people didn't like you just for being Emily? 
Yes, yes. I, well, I always, I always struggled with that. I mean, yeah. that was something because you're that the oldest, right? I'm the oldest, yeah. and so for a while, I mean, we were part of a of a smaller like private Christian school here in Nashville. There were other families there that had parents in the music business that were mm-hmm. relatively well known. So it was fairly normal in Nashville growing up. And there's kind of a code I feel like in Nashville yeah. that like you don't interrupt families at dinner and you yeah. don't it's just it's sort of all everybody sort of plays by these unspoken rules in yeah, Nashville. They seem to. And so then we started, you know, we'd start like in middle school, high school, we were going to summer camps in the summer, like Christian summer camps. And all of a sudden it started being like, this is odd. People yeah. know my family and seem to be really intrigued and kind of starting to put the pieces together. And then um, I went to Baylor University. Yeah. And so I knew part of choosing a Christian school, that was going to be an element of it. But I quickly found, kind of found my group of friends. There were a couple of dudes, though, that I went on dates with that I straight up was like, I feel like you're like vibing my dad more than <laughs> yeah. me. So like, we need to... And one was, I nailed it on the head. It was like, yep. Another one like just sobbed and was like, I can't believe you would think I'm like that shallow. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, mm, sorry, got to go. Yeah, yeah. This is two strikes for you, bud. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go. It's like, okay, well. <laughs> so I was a little harsh, but, um, you know, Tanner, he grew up knowing he was in, he's from Franklin. We just okay. had never met each other and he knew who, who our family was and who yeah. my dad was. But he um, his family, they have a local business in Nashville that's relatively well-known. And so he had his own sort of experiences yeah. in a more kind of microcosm sure. exp- way. And so he, he was able to relate, and it just didn't – he didn't seem too phased by yeah. it. I mean, appreciative and yeah. honors and respects what my dad has done with his career, but it didn't seem like a – um, it didn't stand in the way or anything. I do think, I'm not totally sure it's true, but I do other. think you and your dad are the first father-daughter on the show that have ever had their own episodes. I tried to act so cool when your dad was on the show, Emily. <laughs> I was like, he's just, I mean, I remember saying, he's Will and Caleb's dad. He's yeah. Emily's dad. Yeah, there he's, you go. I've sat at a wedding with them. Yeah, this yeah. is fine. We're just, we're, but then when you're talking like to Stephen Curtis Chapman <laughs> versus just like, Oh, this is Steven. You know, yeah, like yeah. We're at, he's singing. I should have told you his nickname with all my friends in high school is Safety Steve. Safety and then Steve, you could, why? Oh, because he's he's all about the safety. Is I he mean, in Enneagram Six? Oh no, he's in. Well, he's in. He's eleven, is what he says. <laughs> I love that. He says he's so he's so he's. I think they, he's a nine because uh-huh, he doesn't okay. want to typecast himself. What are you? But, Oh, one. A one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am. Well, first That'll born. explain your job. We'll get there in a second, but that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Firstborn. I know. I'm yeah. Like, so, but if you, yeah, safety Steve, if you ask him his number, in fact, he told Ian Crom, I go to 11 at a party. <laughs> and I'm like, Cat, don't. <laughs> do you know who that is? Yeah. Yeah. I go to 11. I'm like, okay. Typical artist. Like, don't put me yeah, in a box. That's exactly right. Yeah. I love it. And the other thing for y'all is of the birth children in your family, y'all mm-hmm. look just like your dad. Like, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there's no getting away of like, oh, it's have, her last name Chapman. Mm-hmm. Oh, she has mm-hmm. kind of. Have you face. seen? I, I need to show you a picture of my children. My oldest looks exactly like my dad. No. And, oh yeah, I walked into her school to pick her up the other day from aftercare. Yeah. And the lady working aftercare was a mom of a girl that I went to kindergarten with. So oh, this wow. small world. Right, right, right. And she said, 
oh my goodness. As soon as I walked in the door, she goes, I saw your daughter come into aftercare and went, that has that has to be a Chapman. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be. I, and her last name's Richard. So I was, you know, I, I, yeah, I couldn't, yeah, yeah. couldn't place it. And so when I walked through, she was like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so awesome. yeah, she looks just like Pop Pops is what they call him. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, hey, what did you study at Baylor that ends you up at Show Hope? Oh, wow. Okay. So I knew going off to college that I wanted to study something that would help just with my my experience. Right, because you really fell in love been, with adoption when you were like young, 11. Yeah. That's crazy. So I went on a trip when I was 11 to Haiti and with Compassion International yeah. and came home from With that, your parents or something? With my mom. Yeah. Yeah. And came home from that trip and was convinced we should become missionaries. So I went on this campaign. My dad's oh, like, so okay, sweet. so I have a career that's like pretty <laughs> United <laughs> States centric. <laughs> yeah, pretty And base. like, so... I don't know that that's going to work, but they, I mean, I got to, I really have to credit my parents. They did such a great job at really kind of fanning that flame in my young heart and trying to help me navigate and not shame me or laugh or make me feel like that's a funny dream. So from a young age, I thought we would become missionaries. That kind of became clear that wasn't going to happen. And there was another family on the trip that was in the process of adopting. And so that kind of seed was planted in my, in my heart. And so I started like campaigning, all out campaigning with my parents. And I would write them letters. I had my brother sign contracts on how many oh diapers they would change. I mean, I'm like in sixth grade. And I now wrote one letter. Actually, they don't, they can't find the copy of this one, but they have copies of um, a lot of the yeah. letters I wrote. But I left one on their pillow that said, Mom and Dad, if you do not consider adoption, you could be living in disobedience to God's will. <laughs> Love, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd go to bed and go to sleep real fast. Yeah, you know, and you were like, like, "This is this yeah, is this God's is, call in my this. life." But I mean, seriously, there was something. I mean, I tell I tell people, and I it's half joking, but probably more serious than I want to admit. Like, I wish I, my prayer life could get back to like what it was mm. at, at eleven and twelve because I was just convinced the Holy Spirit was moving. Yeah, S- something was happening, and I was convinced, and I was leaning in, and I was so consistently prayerful that God would reveal to my parents whatever this thing was that was happening in my heart. And they continued to respond to my prayers and my longing and desire for our family to consider adoption. And finally, I I could tell, I think, you know, mom wasn't super interested. My dad had more interest, but my mom had a lot of fears, you know, just, you know, can I've got biological children? What does it look like bringing a child into our family through adoption? And Will I love those children equally? I mean, all questions that when we get into the circle of adoptive families that we struggle with and yeah. we and we ask ourselves these questions because we want to be the best parents we can be to all of our children. And so I asked for a meeting with my pastor and said, John, and John, it says, God, if you ask in his name, he'll be given to you. And I am oh asking gosh. for my family to adopt and they are not considering it. And, you know, as God would have it, as soon as you kind of let let go and let God sort of step into the picture. I said, all right, Lord, I don't know what's happening in my heart, but... Yeah, as a sixth grader. As a sixth grader. I was probably... We're coming into seventh grade at this point because Showy came home when I was in eighth grade. So, you know, we had a little bit... There was a little bit of time. But yeah, my parents really committed to praying about it. And God really took them on a faith journey of start the adoption process, start walking down this road and just see what happens. And I think my mom was convinced the doors would slam shut kind of like studio doors, you know, like these real heavy, like... And they were like the Walmart doors, you know, like, oh, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, open. Yeah. And here comes the greeter, like, hi, you're on the adoption journey. Welcome. Um, and yeah, so in 2000, so Haiti was 1997. And then 2000, Shoei came home from China. And then 2003, oh Stevie Joy 
2004 Maria. So, yeah. So all of that, I knew, to answer your question, I knew I was going to do something with international studies or yeah. whatever. So I originally went in to be a nurse because I thought, oh, I'll go overseas and be a nurse. And I, like, couldn't even make it through first semester biology class. Yeah. I was like, this is hard. <laughs> um, and so I switched real quick to humanities. So I was um, an international studies major and a religion minor. Okay. Yeah. I think so many of my friends who are listening are parents of young kids, mm -hmm. maybe even late elementary, early middle, mm -hmm. like that. How? What did your parents do that you will do when your kids, when your daughters get that age to believe you the way they did and to raise you to think you can hear God on your own? Yeah, man. I mean, I think my parents always, what I, what I hope I can model that my parents modeled was a real vulnerability with their faith in the yeah. sense of they they yes my dad was a minister of the word through music and there was a certain authority that came with with you know has come with his career and how he's you know God's revealed himself through his lived experience but my dad and mom always took a position of we don't have this all figured out and we're all in this together mm -hmm. and so if God's revealing something to one of you like table it and yeah, let's pray about it. Yeah. And it just kind of was, it sort of was this like family experiment in a sense, which, really cool. which only the Lord knew what he was doing in terms of kind of underpinning, you know, just sort of holding up our faith when we would hit the accident and, and tragedy that when my little sister passed away, mm -hmm. my parents had already modeled for such a long time. Like, we're not going to pretend to have this all figured out. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to land on our bedrock of faith and pray together. Um, but if God's got, you know, if you're hearing something, uh, you know, bring it to the table. Another thing I think that they did so wonderfully growing up, we would do like service projects together, yeah. mission trips. You know, we were able to travel a couple times overseas together, but even just here in Franklin, from a young age, I remember doing Angel Tree with Prison yeah. Fellowship at Christmas and just planting little seeds of what it looks like to love others well. My parents were very intentional with that, and that's something that we've already started incorporating into life with, with our littles. Yeah. And, um, Did you birth all three of your kids? Yep. Okay. When you are teaching them, mm -hmm. how do you teach your kids how to hear God? Oh, man. Well... I think one thing I, I'm hoping to give them is that God is in all things and mm -hmm. in nature. And so we'll take nature walks together. We'll, like, well, nature walks is a yeah, fancy yeah. way of saying we'll walk around the backyard and try to make yeah, it yeah, yeah. You know, super fun. And I'll say like, okay, I want each of you guys to pick one thing on this w walk that teaches you something about God or that yeah. you learn something about God. And so, and it's really fun because you see their personalities too. So like one yeah. will pick a rock and be like, I think God is really strong or something. Yeah. And one will pick, my creative one will always get like a leaf or something that has a design, a flower and be like, just this is such a beautiful design in it. And, you know, we'll go on <laughs> so and on. Sweet. So so little things like that, that God is revealing himself in all things. Mm -hmm. um, and I think... It, giving that to our kiddos and just giving them real tangible ways of like, um, it's not just right here in the spoken word of scripture. Yes, we have this as a, as truth to take with us in our daily goings and comings, but there's, God is speaking through nature, through, you know, one another. We'll often mm -hmm. ask our kids around the dinner table at nighttime, how did you see God and other people at school today? Oh, wow. You know, and, oh, well, so-and-so, she asked me to play with her on the playground. That was God working through her to show yeah. you love and yeah. acceptance, you know? That's really sweet. Yeah. 
One of my favorite things is asking guests what it's like for them to hear God, mm. but how you teach the next generation. Because literally, Show Hope and all the adoption, <laughs> that whole story started mm. because a sixth grader felt mm. like she heard God mm-hmm. and put a desire in you. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredible to think that if your parents would have said, you are off on this. Mm-hmm. You can't, you're not, I mean, you wouldn't have had three sisters that you have. Mm-hmm. And Show Hope, I mean, how many families, mm-hmm. what, what are the stats? How many families have adopted thanks yeah. to Show Hope? Uh, 6,200 families uh, or children <laughs> have come home, yeah, through Show Hope. So, I mean, I were, yeah, we were around the dinner table when I'm in high school and Show Hope's being birthed, and we're like, wouldn't it be so sweet to help 100 kids come home? And, yeah, 6,200 kids, we've given $24 million away in adoption aid assistance oh through our gosh. adoption aid grants. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, that's it's all God. I mean, yeah. you're just like, okay, yeah. this is crazy. I mean, you know, my parents—they're busy people, and my dad's career is 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 what it is. Back in you know 2000, when this idea comes, kind of comes to the surface, their mind not looking to start a nonprofit for yeah. sure. But um, they met with Gary Haugen actually because yeah. they were from IJM. Yeah, involved yeah. with IJM in those early days, and. They remember they had a meeting with him, and and he said, "Well, look around, and if there's an organization that's given, you know, financial assistance to Christian families that are adopting, then put your platform and your energy and your, you know, your gusto behind that. And if not, if there's not an organization, then maybe this is a piece of the puzzle that God's calling you to be a yeah. part of. And there was not any there there was not an organization at that time that that was doing what Show Hope." Um, really was was started to do yeah. and give financial assistance. And so mom and dad looked at each other and were like, all right, here okay, we go. Okay, <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. Not thinking um, God would, you know, grow it to where it is today. But yeah. It's just incredible. I just think some someone listening needs to hear their 10-year-old, mm. you know, needs to mm. like hear that their 10-year-old is mm. hearing from God mm-hmm. and that you just never know. You never know. They could be off. Let them try. You know, Let like try, it sounds right? like that's what your parents did is build this environment that was really safe to go like, maybe mm-hmm. there's this thing I feel. Right. And right. what if that's God? Yeah. And and it and they didn't there was no rushing. There wasn't a rush on their part to jump yeah. to a conclusion. And there wasn't a rush to make me happy. You know, yeah. it was like, okay, well, if that's what God's speaking in your heart, keep praying about it. And, you know, God's outside of time. So yeah. at some point, you know, it will happen if that's meant to be yeah. meant to be part of our family story. And who knew that? Obviously, it would become part of a lot of people's yeah. uh, families. So, a but lot even of families. If it just stories. would have been your three sisters. Oh, that's an unbelievable I mean, story, right? Yeah. Right. Or if it would have been me growing up to to expand my family through adoption. Yeah. Sometime. You know, like even you never know. And so, I just think my parents' willingness to allow me to to dream and believe yeah. that God was doing something in my heart. You know, was was in, and I think our our kiddos and our we talk about this a lot. We have a student initiative program at Show Hope because this all started in the heart yeah. of a student. My buddy Chris and, Wheeler used to be. A part yeah, of it. yeah, that's right. I yes, love, that guy. love Chris Wheeler. We talk a lot about like there's something in with our kids, our students. There's just this belief that like they take God at His word, mm. and 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 I think when you have that in your household. Like that is a treasure because at yeah. some point your little ones are are gonna grow up and launch and and then like it's hard as adults it like is really hard work to take God at His word sometimes yeah. like yeah. we have to like remind ourselves of the truth and and like really sink down into like no God promised this and He means it because we've been burned we've you know grown up we've had experiences and experiences tell us differently well our students our little ones 
they're, they're not there yet. Like experience yeah. says like, man, when I was hungry, mom came and fed me and like, it ha- like what I needed, it, that need was met and mm-hmm. all right. And so they build this foundation of like, okay, if God says that, you know, he, he wants us to be about caring for orphans and widows and yeah. he's going to answer our prayers and like, he's going to do it, yeah. you know? And I think that that is such a, that's like a beautiful treasure that's in your home. Like yeah. take that captive and, and use that to like preach truth to your own heart. You know, yes. it's such a, it's such a blessing that to have little ones in our lives, whether that be our kiddos or just, you know, little ones that are running around. One of mine asked me a couple, this was about a year ago. She said, Hey mom, why does God let there be war? And I was like, mm. oh, oh, oh. I mean, I have my master's in theology. I was like, they did not prepare right. me for this one. Like, I'm like, dang it. When when you need your professor on speed dial, like, That's hey, right. excuse me. And I said, man, maybe I don't, actually, I don't really know. Yeah. I don't know the answer. And she said, well, if you don't know, could you just ask Siri? Oh, oh. no. I said, <laughs> Okay, time out, time out. We have a much bigger theological issue That's in right. our hand than why does God with just war theory or something. I'm that's like, right. oh Lord, okay, Siri is not omniscient. You yeah, know? that's right. So we have to get into like, wow, raising kids in the in the new frontier of technology. But yeah, um, no kidding, you're like Siri's not the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's like so. All right, yeah. But I um, would be interested to have heard her answer. I know. Yeah, like I yeah. would like to know. What I Siri think would we say. did ask her, and I want to say she said. Um, that is outside of my, oh, yeah, you know, when, when she has the response, it's like, hmm, there are people better qualified to answer Yeah, yeah, me. yeah. You know, something like that. I was like, <laughs> They okay. probably have a trigger anytime says, why does God? They're yeah, like, like no. Siri, don't answer. <laughs> no, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Siri, don't be dumb. Don't say don't, anything don't, here. Don't be dumb. <laughs> hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation with Emily to tell you about Third Love Bras. You know, I love it. You've heard me talk about it before. They offer perfect fit for all you gals using here's the cool thing third love uses like actual data points generated by millions of women who've taken their fit finder quiz to design bras with size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and a premium feel and as of just last month they officially have 78 bra sizes with bands ranging from 30 inches to 48 inches and cups from double a to i which is one of the largest ranges in the industry and these sizes will be available in five of Third Love's most loved classic styles, including the 24-7 classic t-shirt, the 24-7 cotton t-shirt, the 24-7 everyday lace t-shirt, and the 24-7 lace back t-shirt, and the 24-7 lace balconette. So all of those will be available in all those sizes now, which is amazing. So one of the things I love about Third Love is that you don't have to go to the store to fit the correct bra for you. You can find your fit with Third Love's online fit finder, order, and then try them on at home. So you just do the Fit Finder quiz where you answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date. It's actually pretty fun to take and it takes less than a minute to complete. And also there's a 100% fit guarantee. So you have 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test. And if you don't love it, return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need, which I think is really, really cool. Return and exchanges are free and totally easy. So Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for every one of you gals out there. So right now they are offering my friends 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash sounds fun right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash sounds fun for 15% off today. Now back to Emily.
Okay, so are your brothers involved in Show Hope too? I mean, they're in Colony House, so they're busy, full time. Yeah, 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 they're busy. They're um, changing the world one rock song at a time. Right? Oh, they're man. so good. Oh, they're Do so you enjoy good. it too? Do you like love listening it. to it? Yeah, love me it. too. Love, love it. My kids love it. Yeah. Love taking my kids to shows. And they'll say, oh, Uncle Bubba, he is crazy. That's what they call <laughs> Caleb. And they'll say, well, Uncle Willie, he's crazy too. And so we have a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so my brothers, they are, they're involved to the degree to which they can be. Sure. Um, they've, it's been fun this, this spring. They've kind of met when they've been in different cities. We'll send them some names of like, hey, here's some show people in the city. And they've yeah. met, they've done some coffees and just kind of, um, they love to be involved as they can be with their schedule and when they know it's really, really like mutually beneficial, especially for Show Hope. Caleb's super, um, he's super, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, intentional with yeah. when he participates in like charitable giving or the way in which Colony House and so, like a family that they did, a, they did um, helped rebuild a home after yeah. the floods in Houston. And he's very, he's laser focused, wants to know the impact. And so I really appreciate that about him. So he's very, appropriately cautious when Colony House and, and Show Hope work together to yeah. make sure it's really beneficial for Show Hope because yeah. he really cares about the work. Um, we've been in the strategic planning process for the first time for the organization, and we started that process with barn meetings is what we call yeah. them um, at, at my parents' house. And they were there, their wives were there. And like what, when this started, you know, 16 years ago, what did, what do you remember it being about? And how, you know, do you want to be involved with Colony House? How, to what level? And, yeah. you know, just, and they were super engaged in the conversation. And did you call and, these meetings? Because you are the executive director yes, now. Yes, I called the meetings. Yeah. Yeah. When did I you did. take over as executive director? Just in December. Um, yeah, but I was leading the strategic planning process sure. before that because we were sort of anticipating the leadership transition. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, that's a full-time job. It's full-time. I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah, I tell cause... people, I'm like, I'm not even trying to drink from the fire hose anymore. I'm just standing in front of it. Yeah. I'm like, just, yeah. just I'm hoping I, like, absorb as yeah. much as I can. Like, yeah. here I am. But um, you know what? I love, I love it. I love the work of Show Hope. Yeah. I love my coworkers, the amount of passion we have in, in one office. We've got a little over 20 employees. And the amount of passion, the amount of expertise in our, in yeah. our staff. Um, and then, obviously, you get you get stories. We get stories every week of... Oh, I can't imagine. I mean, things like a family that went to my dad's concert because Show Hope sponsors my dad's tour, and he, he sure shares the message of, of Show Hope and this family that went, and their teenage boy was, like, so moved. He was adopted when he was younger, but so moved by the message that he emptied out all of his, you know, piggy bank money and sent mm. it to Show Hope and more than they could they could give um, yeah. in a year and, and just... So kind Just of explain how that like, works when we when he empties his piggy bank yeah. and sends the money to show hope. Mm -hmm. What y'all are doing is what are you doing with that money? How are you helping families adopt? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we we work in four programmatic areas. Show hope. Oh, programmatic. We, You're such an executive director. Ah. You know, I gotta use that word. We have four programs, uh -huh. people. Um, adoption aid, which we already talked about, which is the financial assistance to uh, for families that are adopting. Um, adoption can range anywhere from twenty five, thirty thousand dollars. And is it all up to, to fifty? Jeez, all to China. Mm -mm. Oh, okay, around the world. No, 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 around the world, including United States domestic oh, cool. adoption. Okay. Yeah, so we've 
kiddos have come home from over 60 countries. And oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah. So China's still. Emily, I know, isn't that crazy? your mind? Yes, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So China's still the number one. Like, we get most applications from families that are adopting yeah. from China. And then right behind that is the United States. So domestic mm. adoption is at least the request we're getting for financial yeah. assistance is really on the rise, which yeah. is exciting yeah. for us to see families that are stepping up and, and, and helping with kids in, in the United States that need, need yeah. families. Um, and so we do adoption aid. And then kind of along the process of, of giving grants to families, we realize that not all children will be able to come home or need just extra extra services, medical services, medical attention to, to receive surgery, to be in a position okay. where they can be adopted because certain countries might be reticent to start processing paperwork because of the severity of the need or uh-huh. Really, just their quality of life might not be able to sustain mm-hmm. the longevity of the adoption process without some medical intervention. And so, we started um, care, giving care to uh, medically fragile orphans in China through the work of our care centers. So, we have four care centers in China that we fund and support. Yeah. Um, and so, at any given time, we have about 225 kids under care wow. um, in China. But uh, over the history of kind of the 10 years of having the care centers um, operating in China, we've cared for a little over 2,600 kids. Oh, my gosh. Which is crazy. Emily, that's like no joke. It's no joke. That is so yeah. many kids. And uh, uh, nearly 800 of those kids we know have come on home to be adopted. Yeah. We only know if, if an adoption's processed and finalized if, if the family reaches out to us. Yeah. So anyways, we know of about 800 kiddos that have come home through adoption from That's the care centers. unreal. Yeah. Um, and then we operate in, in pre- and post-adoption support. Yeah. So we know that the adoption journey doesn't kind of end the day a child comes home. It's really right. for the rest of your life. And so um, we aim to empower and equip parents and caregivers, educators, professionals with information to help children that have experienced early trauma and, yeah. and, and loss. And yeah. so we have a conference every year. Um, that we host that simulcasted the Empower to Connect conference that we like produce, um, which is just sort of a real high level um, yeah. introduction and exposure to how God created our brain and how trauma and, and loss and neglect impact our brain and how um, hurt that happens in relationship can be healed in relationship. And yeah. so really want to inspire and give hope to our families that are walking with kiddos that have experienced complex trauma. And we've seen a great, great growth in that and just families that are, you know, needing those resources and thankful that they're there. And we also, additionally, we scholarship professionals every year, about 200 professionals every year to go down to uh, Institute of Child, Karen Purvis Institute of Child Development at um, TCU in uh-huh. Fort Worth. And they do a week-long practitioner training in these intervention methods. These so att- is it like doctors or counselors or Counselors, what kind of yeah. If you're listening, counselor, um, social worker, educator, Okay. Um, judge, you know, yeah. uh, we're government caseworkers, um, pastors. We love so anybody love. in kind of a helping. Yeah, I mean, profession. we say, you know, you say like a child. If you if you think of a graph and you look at a kiddo in the middle, anybody that's dropping positive into the bucket of that yeah. little one. Yeah. So I mean, it really, it's just that kind of whole right sort of group of support. Um, and so yeah, if if you can find out more on Show Hope's website about yeah. scholarship training opportunities, which we've we've now we've scholarshiped about nine hundred professionals that are all wow. and intentionally sort of all across the United States. Yeah. So now if we have a family that contacts us and is in crisis, we can say, hey, I mean it's an hour and a half, but 
an hour and a half, we've got somebody and this is who you need to call. And they've been trained in in these sort of attachment-based, it's called trust-based relational intervention that that we've seen great success with. So we do that. And then student initiatives, like we kind of bring it full circle with student initiatives because this all started in the heart of of a student, yeah, a, a crazy one at that, but uh, <laughs> a student. And so we, right now, sort of our iteration of student initiatives is something called the Pause Campaign. It's a week long, little devotional curriculum on God's heart for caring for yeah. orphans, and it's educational. It kind of just walks through um, the global need and what you can do to help help families and kids. And um, at the same time, we ask you to do a week-long pause from social media. So just kind of, or whatever yeah. media you're consuming, just kind of step away from it, engage in the relationships of those around you, and yeah. and learn what you can do to help love others that mm. don't necessarily have relationship to enjoy with mom and dad or siblings, you know. And yeah. so that's what we're doing right now, which is great. That is just so much. Mm-hmm. So when you sit down and dream about where Show Hope's going... World domination. <laughs> yeah, no orphans. Let's <laughs> oh, do man. it. I, yeah, unfortunately, this side of the veil, I think we'll always have have kiddos with us that are needing needing yeah. needing families because just sin keeps waging its dang ugly war. But yeah. we're just one step at a time trying to push back that darkness. You know, um, yeah. when I look at the future of Show Hope, what I think about is um, adoption costs are on the rise. So I'd like to see the average, our average adoption grant increase. I'd like to see- Why is adoption cost on the rise? Because it's getting, it's taking Yeah, why longer. is it so expensive anyway? Well, I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of a lot of good reasons, you yeah. know. There's you, safety well, for the kids. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that's the primary. You just when you get a vulnerable population and money involved, you, you got to have some safeguards, yeah. and you have to have part of those safeguards cost money, right? Yeah. It takes it takes social workers' time, and it takes judges, and it takes government officials to make sure that traf- you know, to make sure that these children yes. aren't being trafficked. Yes. Um, and so it's just t- and it's okay. taking you longer. You won me over. I feel better. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Because I just have so many friends who we yeah. like, come on, this, this is this family's so great. Yeah. But it is what y'all do. I mean, it's what it, I have so many friends who either work at Show Hope, like <laughs> Phil or Chris yeah. or you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also so many friends who who have adopted thanks to Show Hope. Mm. And But then in the process, you go like, why, why does this cost this so, so much, much money? money? Yeah, yeah. They just it does. want to take care of a I, child. I know, I know, I know. It's it's it is, and it's, it's going slower now. Yeah, probably so out of protection for kids. Yeah, yeah. Partly, I I would say that that's accurate. And when it takes when it goes slower, it costs more because yeah. you have to you have to like redo your home study every twelve months. And so if it comes out date now, a social worker has to update a home study. Well, that's admin hours, and yeah. he or she should be properly compensated sure. for the work they're doing. And so you know it just you got to redo your fingerprints if you're adopting overseas and updating, you know, so it yeah. just gets a little more expensive, travels more, you know, you got to, some countries are changing their regulations around, you've got to come and stay in country for six six weeks, or you need to bring two trips, you come and you meet your child, and then you come back to finalize the adoption. So, you know, things like that, that are changing and ever evolving. So I'd like to see that, you know, increase in, in continue to be a help to families that way. Um, I'd love to see us be able to care for more kiddos in China. And I think that's a possibility. The people that we're partnered with on the ground, 
around in China have great respect um, with the state-run government sort of system of caring for kids. And so we've been very open-handed with how we've navigated that relationship of just like, if we can be of service, we'd love to help. So I'd love to see, you know, our budget increase to be able to to help more kiddos through the care centers because the work that is going on there is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. and so, yeah, those are kind of some of my some of my dreams. Tell me what you know about God that I don't know as because adoption hasn't been up close in my life. Hmm. Oh man. I think something that I know because I've seen it is in John, the beginning of John, it says, you know, Christ has given you the power to become children of God and that is what you are. So we're children of God when we confess our sin and ask Jesus to live in our heart and be, you know, pulsing throughout all that we do for the rest of our lives. We are we become in that moment a child of God. And yet it is sanctification is a journey throughout the rest mm-hmm. of our lives of really understanding what it means to be a child of God. Yeah. And that takes a community of people. You can't, you don't do that in isolation. And that's because that's an outpouring of who God is as yeah. Trinitarian, his Trinitarian nature. Like he is who he is by way of being in relationship and the give and the take of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We don't ever understand that because it's, you know, mysterious to some degree, but yet that's like the image that's stamped deep in our heart. And so I think for what what I've experienced is the community that what you see when a child comes home and how you need a village and the the yes what this child brings to your community by coming home through adoption but what you have to give to that child what they have to give to you and sort of this symbiosis in a in a sort of what happens within the relationship and how you come to better understand God Mm. by way of just watching this unfold. Um, Not even just, yes, you have the moment of, I can, I'll never forget Shoei being placed in my, in my mom's arms and our family was all there together. And it was like, yeah, she was okay. an infant. Were all three and of the girls infants when y'all brought them home? Yeah. Maria was a little older. She's okay. more like a toddler, but okay. yeah, they were, they yeah. were young. And so, yeah, you have that moment of like, oh my gosh, 10 seconds ago, you were a stranger. And now like, I will fight you if you try to take her back out of our arms. Yes, like she yes. is, uh, she is us. We are her, you know, yeah. like this, she's part of us. You've got that moment, but then you've got, I mean, Shoei's eight. You know, she's gonna be 20. She's 19 now. And so you've got like 19 years of having her watch her grow up and how she's impacted her world and how people have, you know, how she's impacted Is she the cheerleader? No, that's Stevie Joy. Oh, gosh. she does not play. I see it on Instagram. I'm like, that girl is very talented. I can barely watch because it's just like. She flips so high in the air. (laughs) My gosh. Yeah. She was a competitive gymnast when she was little. So that was nerve wracking. Yeah. Watching her on the beams and the bar and all that stuff. And then she chose cheerleading. Right. It's okay if she's with like, you know, professionals. But when she gets with like her little high school squad, I'm like, oh, Lord, don't. That's another <laughs> so high school so girl throwing you up in the that's air. Right. She like, will not I, be able to catch you. I know. My youngest sibling is seven years, eight years younger than I am. Oh, okay. And so I have always had, it makes her crazy because I've always had a mom kind of feel toward her, like where we'd be tubing at the lake and I'd be like, don't let her do that. She's too little. My parents like, we can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got it. raised other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, do you have that toward the girls? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, kind of a mama bear. Yeah. <laughs> My friends in high school always laughed at me because they're like, I had a yellow bug. Like, uh-huh. You are actually a taxi cab. Like, I'd have like 
three car seats in the back. I'm like, oh, got to go to preschool. I'll see you guys in a minute. You know, like, go get my go get my kid from preschool. Come yeah. back. No, I mean, we, but that's another thing. My parents, like, we just, we did it all together and we're still yeah. doing it all together. Yeah. So we very much so, a lot of people ask, you know, will you adopt someday? I don't know. I've learned to never say Gosh, never. I bet people ask you that. All the time. I'm like, well, my mothering bucket is quite full right Right. now. (laughs) I have three children, a full-time job. My husband has a full-time job. Right. Um, But I very much so feel committed to helping my sisters be as healthy and whole as they can be. And so I take my role as adopt a big sister slash protective mama at times um, really seriously. And so I continue to be as involved as I can be and taking my girls to cheerleading competitions or down that we haven't gone to Alabama yet. Yeah. She's in school in Alabama, but down there to see your dorm or, you yeah, know, things yeah, like yeah. that, that just kind of say, Hey, I'm here. I'm present. Yeah. I love yeah. you. You're one of us, you know? Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about Maria? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I think so many of us who are listening followed the story mm-hmm. of y'all's loss of Maria. Mm-hmm. What is that like for you now? Where, how long she died 10 years ago? Yeah. It'll be 11. So okay. she, it was May of 2008. Okay. Um, well, yeah, it's, a. Uh, I mean, you can't, there's no chartered territory for grief. So, and you never kind of know. And remind me how old she was. She was five. Okay. Yeah. So my middle just turned five and she passed away about 10 days after her fifth birthday and we're about 10 days after my, uh, my middle's uh, fifth birthday. So like one thing I didn't prepare for was that the fifth birthday was going to be really emotional for me with my kids. Like I just didn't. Kind you of can't put, know until you, you can't know. know. Right. And so like when I first turned five, I was like a basket case for a week and I I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I guess they go to kindergarten at five. You know, <laughs> right, like I was like, why right. am I so? And then it kind of clicked. I was like, oh, I think I'm like processing again. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it, what it is, is it's very uncharted. You don't kind of know when grief will, will hit. And yet um, it's given me a beautiful way with my little ones to talk yeah. about eternity and yeah. really like. I don't know, as a kid, like the memorial gardens or the cemetery was like this scary thing and it was very foreign. And we go every year on the anniversary of the accident and we might we do a little praise and worship as family and oh, just wow. kind of remember God's faithfulness to continue to sustain us um, in the journey. And my kids go with us and they know like this is Maria's spot and these are the gardens, the memorial gardens is what yeah. they call it, call it. But we talk a lot about eternity and it's kind of like what I feel like I've got tangible real estate in heaven because I yeah. I know I know really well someone who's there mm-hmm. and and then there's the sadness of it feeling premature of course but they're starting to own that and take that on too like sure. well I'm gonna meet my aunt when I'm in heaven and like, <laughs> right. I wonder like is she gonna be this way or this way and so we have sweet conversations of course navigating the story is challenging you know with the next generation and just yeah. how you hold both intention, the 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 heart of the loss and yet God's faithfulness to sustain us yeah. as a family. And um, so, you know, those are conversations that Caleb and Will and I have have to have of how we'll kind of transition it to the next generation. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have ever, again, uncharted territory, I would have never thought how much, what y'all have to do in preparation for telling the next generation yeah. about Maria. Yeah. And pe- your mom's book is called See. Choosing okay. to see. Choosing to see. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it talks yep. a lot about Maria. And because Mar- yeah. Maria's had a knowledge of heaven. Yeah, she did. So as she, a five year old. Yeah. So she had, so in February, 
but prior to her passing in May, she had been learning Big Big House uh, uh-huh. by Audio Adrenaline, yeah. you know, um, at preschool. And so she, it was one, it was February 20th, is, and she plopped down on my mom's lap and said, is it really true that God has a big, big house? And it's like, yeah, Stephen, come here. <laughs> You're the professional. No. Um, <laughs> but they actually were able to have a conversation with her and explain the beauty of heaven and what yeah. God is is creating and how he will recreate the earth and it will mm-hmm. be beautiful again. And she prayed and asked that um, Jesus would live in her heart. And so, yeah, we do. We very much so hold on to the hope of of heaven and seeing her again. And, um, and there are times that a tragedy like that could put you off from God, but mm-hmm. could also put you off from adoption or oh, from yeah. like, we invited this pain to some degree, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So you should have my mom on the show yes, at some to point. Yes, talk about this. <laughs> and yeah. then you'll, it'll be your first, it'll be your mother, <laughs> father, and daughter duo. <laughs> That's right. No, but seriously, I mean, that this is something that, you know, she's even talked a lot about mm-hmm. of. And, and we like, we worked pretty hard to bring Maria home in the sense of like, we pushed to bring her home. Yeah. And, you know, mom does, you go like, oh my gosh, like what? Ah, did, sure. you know, did I do the right thing there? And yes, yes, Maria yes. was was loved and 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 cherished, and mm-hmm. um, is obviously fully loved and cherished now. And I love the idea that God's outside of time, and so it's sort yeah. of like I think she's walked walk through the gates, and we'll look over her shoulder, and we'll be right behind her. Yeah, it just, that's beautiful. It's for us on this side. It's like, yeah, you know, right. feels like such a long time of waiting, but. Um, I think it's probably really different when you get to the other side. Like, oh, hey, guys. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. was a few I steps ahead. Noticed. Like, I yeah. just noticed. Like, I don't know. I don't really know. But um, she's she was a spitfire, so I'm sure she's wreaking havoc in the, in, in the most <laughs> redeemed way yeah. uh, in eternity. But, yeah. Um, when you think about her impact she's still having, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that always amazes me when, yeah. when there's a tragedy or loss that is more unexpected that God seems to double down mm. on the power of that person's life mm. in so many ways. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's my mom. Actually, I was just editing um, a piece she's going to have in a Show Hope newspaper or yeah. new, our newsletter, our spring newsletter. Like, you have a newspaper. And not a newspaper, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're going the old school. program yeah, we do no, at Show the Hope. Fifth, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to launch press. a printing pre- Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we'll call Hatch. Hey, uh, we need you guys to come over here and um, no, no, the newsletter. Actually, I was editing a piece, and she talks a lot about the tension of of the beauty of the work that has unfolded in China. And I I mentioned our care centers, the flagship care centers named Maria's Big House of Hope after Maria in honor of Maria and the story of her learning about big God's big big house. And in by mistake, it got painted bright blue with clouds. Yes, which is hilarious. Which was a translation mistake. We're supposed (laughs) to supposed to be. Oh, it's supposed to be like five feet by five feet on the very top of the building was oh, supposed wow. to be blue with clouds and not the entire building. Oh, man, no, no, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> I've so, seen it on Phil's Phil Shay's Instagram. I'm like, I'm like hilarious. Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. Like, hello, Pixar. It's Thank beautiful. You. <laughs> yeah. It's just like Maria. Like, I'm gonna put this and I mean, you know, it's like all the buildings are very gray and drab yes. in Luyang, China. And then mm-hmm. it's like Oh, hello. <laughs> and actually, the locals call it, you know, the the blue house where God lives. It's been referred to before no by locals. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So, you know, God even works through translation mistakes. Yeah, and, that's and, right. Um, but yeah, so, you know, she's she just wrote very, you know, honestly and, and raw as a mother saying, yeah, you hold intention, the beauty of this work. And yet 
I would give it all back to have my baby back, you know? And yet there's all these lives that have been impacted, but yet I lost her, you know? And it's just like, it's always, it's always ebbing and flowing. And it is beautiful. And we could have never, we had already broken ground on the care center before Maria passed, but, you know, people just poured out their generosity and their love and their prayers um, for our family in that season. And that's yeah. what was able to kind of catapult the the care center, you know, us finishing building it and then operating expenses and really getting it up and running. And God has just continued to, I yeah, continue to bless the work and you know, we'll stand on the ground this summer. Our whole family will be there. Um, and everyone's going, everyone's going that the, the, in-law, the, the girls, Caitlin Will's wives can't come just yeah. little one. They've got right. little tiny, really mine little are a little kids. older. Yeah. You know, my youngest is three, almost four. So we're mm-hmm. all going, but all of Caleb and Will are coming and we'll all, it'll be the 10 year mark of, um, Maria's Big House of Hope. The grand opening was in oh. July of 09. So this will be 10 years and okay. we'll all stand together and we'll yeah. remember, 10 years ago being so raw and broken and and planting a tree and hoping that this thing would, you know, grow into something beautiful but not mm-hmm. sure what and mm-hmm. kind of looking through our own tears kind of going could this possibly make it okay? There's no right. way, but yet all right, this is the next right step, you know, kind yeah. of. And now 10 years later we're standing there and go, "Okay, we're still walking with a limp and it's hard, but you can't not stand here and say, yeah. wow, God is so faithful. Yeah. And that's what we'll do together as a family this summer. We'll grab each other's hands and go, all right, we'll keep one more day of pushing back yeah. the darkness. And um, yeah, it's pretty pretty profound to get to watch it all unfold. You know, Something a bunch of my mom friends say a lot is the days are long, but the years are short. Oh, yes. And I, <laughs> so in, in tragedy and in watching mm. what will God do with this, mm-hmm. I always think the days feel long, but the years are short. Mm-hmm. You will look back and you have planted a tree 10 years ago mm-hmm. before you even realize it, mm-hmm. even if today feels very long. Yeah. And yeah. so Amen. I, I, I honor y'all's work in your pain. Mm, it has mm. made a huge difference, mm. but it's terrible. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so good on y'all for doing work when you could have gone and we're done. Mm-hmm. You know, and that mm-hmm. may have been right for y'all, but mm-hmm. what God said is, let's mm-hmm. keep going. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's awesome. Okay, so if someone wants to adopt mm-hmm. uh, a couple, a family, mm-hmm. a single person, mm-hmm. they first go to an adoption agency, not straight mm-hmm. to y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so you would you would find an agency, and there's lots of different ways to find an agency. In fact, Show Hope does have a website, howtoadopt.org. We oh, kinda, we, brilliant. Yeah, we, howtoadopt.org. Mm-hmm. We will link to that. Yeah, so howtoadopt.org, and, and that has resources on there of like, what are the different kinds of adoptions, like domestic, intercountry, private foster to adopt like there's so there's different you know kind of defining the terms yep. and then how do you interview an agency because there's private agency there's nonprofit agency there's adoption consultants lots of different things wow. and then once you're home study ready if you're adopting with a 501c3 um, nonprofit agency then you're eligible um, to apply for uh, a grant at show hope okay um, and we welcome all people to apply we're not fully funded so we don't we can't guarantee that everyone will receive a grant but we right. welcome everyone to apply because we've we have resources available for all yeah. who apply. Um, and so, yeah. So our other friends who are listening, adoption isn't the right answer for them right now. Yeah. How else can they get involved with Show Hope? Showhope.org, lots of ways to get involved. Donate, obviously. There's always need for funding. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing a fun thing right now, a campaign to donate your birthday. And we have great, yeah. like... Um, 
peer-to-peer fundraising platform where you can kind of create your little page and like send it out to your friends, share it on Facebook. Like, hey, I don't really need like a Pier 1 gift card for my birthday this year. Like, would you donate 10 bucks to show hope? Like all of that adds up. Uh, So we're doing that right now. And then always need like um, items for the care center. So if you're into doing like a supply drive or whatever, there's a list up on the website of um, the most needed items. Um, and then we try to, we send, um, humanitarian suitcases with the, oh, with cool. groups that go over to China. Oh, so it can be like a Girl Scout troop or a yep. church yep. can do some sort of yeah. supply raising mm-hmm. and get it to y'all and y'all send them yep. over. Mm-hmm. So, so if you go on a trip with Show Hope, you take a suitcase and then you take a humanitarian suitcase yes, as well. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what we that do. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So and lots China of we, lets you do that. Yeah. Well, you're allowed to bring two, two suitcases. Two suitcases. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's right. So one suitcase is, is your clothes, and the other suitcase is a lot of Destin, because we got a lot of little booties to yeah. make sure are, are taken <laughs> care of. Um, you know, clothes, diapers, special formula. Some yeah. of our kiddos have, you know, pretty strict dietary restrictions by way of their medical condition. Yeah. And so we can get a lot more specialized formula here in the States than, sure. than we have access to in China. So things like that, splinting, casting materials for kiddos with club feet, things sure. like that. So, okay. yeah. I got to go to China last summer and I loved it so much. Oh, the I food's love- awesome. Oh, it's so good. The people are very nice. Mm-hmm. If they, fi- what, what we kept experiencing, I was with friends and family. What we kept experiencing is if the local people thought you were interested in their culture, oh, yeah. they wanted to tell you everything. Oh my gosh. And to show you everything. And it was, they were just really lovely well, people. Sometime, now, now I'm got, I've got the whole family on the show. If you have Caleb and Will on the show, <laughs> That's right. they can tell you about a time. I was trying, I took Mandarin in, uh-huh. in university. And, and so we, I said, guys, let's go. We were all in China together yeah. as a family. We went for like three weeks together one, one summer. Like, hey, I want to track practice my Mandarin, so let's go. We got lost on our bikes in this village. Oh my gosh! And this Chinese family invited us into their like, I mean, very small, traditional Chinese home. Yeah, and they did not speak a word of English, and I spoke not really Mandarin. <laughs> I thought I did, but not really. And we had we sat around and had tea. And I, Caleb and Will were looking at me the whole time like, what are we doing? Yeah, and, I, and I'm loving it. You know, I'm like, cultural immersion. This is great. <laughs> Did you, were you able to like communicate uh-huh. enough? Yeah, enough. Emily, like they, we have. That's so impressive. Well, I've lost a lot of it. But yeah, I was able to at least kind of know generally what we were yeah. talking about. And then we, we got out. We, we got out okay. It is and, incredibly and hard language. There's so many different sounds. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever told the story on the show, but I was at my parents' house one time. And I was up in my room. This is since I've lived in Nashville, so in the last 10 years. And I hear my mom downstairs, and I think she's choking. Uh, And I'm like, Mom, are you all right? And she's making these super weird sounds. Mm. And I was like, Mom. And I'm like yelling at her, and she's not answering. So I like jump up and run downstairs. And she has headphones on, and she's practicing Mandarin. Oh. Because she was learning Chinese. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Isn't that hilarious? I was like, well, of course, mother. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're like. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, well. You just gave me a heart attack upstairs. Yeah, I thought you were dying. You're just learning a new language that has very weird sounds. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And the other bizarre, I bet your brother's experienced this as well in China, and you probably did before Mandarin knowledge, but I felt illiterate the whole time. Because in other countries that use our alphabet, Uh you can kind of like finagle your way to which of those means exit. Yes, yes. But no such luck when you're looking at symbols in China. No, no, no. And they do not have English on the signs because they do not care if I can read what Mm -mm. they say. No, no, no. No, no, it's different. So I was like, this is what it feels like for my cousin had said, I mean, she's the one who kind of said, 
hey, you need to pay attention to this feeling because this is what it feels like in America for illiterate people. Yeah. And she was like, it will make you more compassionate. And I was like, it totally does. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, it really moved me. It was hard. Yeah. Well, speaking of China, if you want to go to China, we take we take a handful of trips um, to China every year. Yeah. So anybody's listening, um, we take two student trips, fifteen to twenty five ish. Yeah. You know, um, those are a lot of fun. Age or people? Uh, age. Okay. Age. Yeah. I mean, that's those are kind of rough markers, but yeah. kind of we're trying to get like high school, college students yeah. that don't necessarily have another way to travel to China. We like to we like to put it two teams together every summer that go. Okay. Um, and then we do a sponsor a sponsor trip every year. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I would love for you to come to China and see see through through the Show Hope lens what it looks like to care for kiddos there. And of course, we do sightseeing and yeah. you know some shopping because you're going that far, so you gotta you gotta see the Great Wall. Yes, but, um, I didn't, by the way. You didn't. <laughs> We just were never near it. I know that oh. sounds insane, but we oh, just weren't, weren't near it. Yeah. No. Well, it is. It's not like I mean, it's not in the middle of Beijing. I mean, you have right. to. It's a. It's a bit of a trek out there. Yeah. So I, I see. I see that. Yeah. Sorry. That's it's like when know. someone comes to America and you're like, but you saw the Statue of Liberty, right? Well, no, no, because no, it's a big country. You're like, yeah, yeah. okay. It is. Um, it is. But okay. So and when I go, show hope someday. Yes. We'll see the wall. We'll see the wall. And get um, gyoza. Get dumplings. Oh, Listen. There's just not a better food in that country. Mm-mm. I wanted it at every meal. Yeah. It's just so good. So good. And they can get all that information at showhope.org. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, thanks for making time to do this. Oh, thank you. We don't for get having to have me. conversations like this very often. No. And so I'm really grateful you made time. Of course. To oh, um, we need to hang, hang out. out. Yes, like, for real. In real life. I would love it. For real. I think it hang yes. Out. We're gonna yeah, we'll make we're gonna all do that. that. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Especially in the summer when everything just kinda like summers. Summer. Let's do it. Let's yeah. just sit on a porch. I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So our last question, Emily, mm-hmm. that we always ask because the show's called "That Sounds Fun." What sounds fun to you? What do you do for fun? Oh, I love to travel. Yeah. But my season in life um, with with littles, that's a harder harder to do. So yeah. what sounds fun? I, I love to have a good cup of coffee, and I, I'm a nerd. I like to talk theology over a yeah. good cup of coffee. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Where do, where's your coffee shop of choice here in Nashville? Are you like I make it at home and it's better than anything anyone offers me? I wish that was the case. Yeah, when my husband makes a pour over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then then we're talking. But um, Good Cup in Grassland. I love. I've never had it. What? Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're gonna go to Good Cup. Or you've got to come. Yeah. To where Cup. is it? Is it over by? Is it toward right. Leapers Fort? Mm-mm. If you're on Hillsboro, coming down. You, you you know you come through do you know grassland yeah. like the little it's like one one light literally yep. and yep. the sonic is on the right uh-huh or sonic's on the left up on the right there's the floral shop yes and right beside it is good cup yes totally like i know exactly right what you're in that little about. yeah yeah it's where my brothers played their first ever show get out of here <laughs> yes it's great it's just a little it's super quirky it's open weird hours but yeah i'll just i love to sit there and have a cup of coffee that little corner of the world means a lot to me because a few years ago i was in a car with a gentlemen and we had like a dtr as we're driving right there (laughs) i was like so every time i drive by i was like oh he said the nicest things right there (laughs) on that little road that goes down you know the little hill road that kind of comes in and meets right there where grace center is yeah 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 that my parents (laughs) office is right off that road so i didn't know that Maybe Next there's just magic there's magic right there magic 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 yeah um well thank you for doing this I'm really grateful. Oh. Y'all are doing incredible work, and I, I love getting to tell my friends who are listening about what y'all are doing. Thank you. So I'm glad to be a part. You guys, isn't she the smartest? Gosh, I think she's so cool. I love getting to have women on the show 
who are in the ministry space, leading in a new and really interesting way. And so I'm grateful to Emily for being on the show. Hey, make sure you go check out Show Hope, showhope.org. And that is how you can get involved, whether you're looking to adopt or you have students you want to get involved or if you want to find another way to help out their work or if you want to go to China at some point, all that is available at showhope.org. And I would love to see them get some support from our That Sounds Fun friends in the next couple of days. So do that. I will as well. And make sure you follow Show Hope on social media and tell them how much you loved hearing from Emily today. They are Show Hope across everything, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Hey, speaking of that, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. I'm Annie F. Downs across Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If there's anything you need from me, if you want to talk more about any of these shows or this conversation, I am available in all those places. Annie F. Downs all over the place. And if you get a chance to share the show with some of your friends, that would mean a lot to me. I would really appreciate it. We would love to have more and more friends joining us on Mondays and Thursdays. So I think that's it for me. I'm going to go out. Let me think what I'm going to do today for fun. It's beautiful outside. So I'm going to go outside this afternoon after work and go on a walk at Radnor Lake because y'all know it's my favorite place. So that's what I'm going to do for fun. You go out and do something that sounds fun to you. And we will see you back here on Monday with you guys. Get ready. We've been waiting. From The Bachelor, Ben Higgins. Next Monday, we'll see you guys.